Welcome to a brand new episode of the Marketing Business Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Whitnish. In today's episode, the conversation is around how scarcity affects your decision-making in business and as an entrepreneur, how it affects scaling, growth, marketing, sales, and joy, all those moving elements. So I'm going to share some recent experiences and some historical experiences with scarcity. I'm sure it's a concept we've all grappled with at times, not just in business, but in other areas of our lives. And then there's also the flip side to that, which is abundance. And my one of my mentors, Garrett J. White, I've been in one of his group programs, so roughly three years now, was the first person to draw attention to these mindsets, I guess you could call them, scarcity and abundance, and how there's a lot of people in the business cycle that are constantly living in a place of scarcity and you make very interesting business decisions when you're operating from that place. So a massive shout out to Garrett J. White. Go check him out if you're not familiar with him. has some very hard-hitting truths when it comes to business ownership and particularly how it affects men that are married with children, which is myself. And another shout out to Gary Brown, the star of episode four of the Marketing Business Wealth Podcast, Self-Made Millionaire in his 20s, another confirmed regular listener. So if you are a regular listener, let me know and I'll give you a shout out on a future episode. So let's go to scarcity. And in the niching episode that came out recently, I spoke about how I wasn't niching down in our company content only, which is a less than 12-month-old marketing agency because I wanted to appeal to premium service providers, which is a very broad concept. And that in itself was scarcity because I, by having that broad appeal, you could say yes to a lot more clients, potentially take on a lot more money. But the trade-off for that is creating a very complex business model that's very hard to manage multiple clients, very hard to get specialized results, and extremely hard to scale. So it's very overwhelming, and it's going to run into a lot of long-term problems. And so that was when I realized I was experiencing scarcity, although I wasn't necessarily embodying it and having that real deep sense of how scarcity can feel when you're worried about, say, making money and so forth, but it was showing up in another way. And by making the decision to niche down, we actually, in the business, had to let go of a massive pipeline that was built up. And I know pipeline is all hypothetical in the sense of would these clients have moved forward and come through and, and worked with our company uh, but based on having been in business for 13 years, it was a very solid pipeline in terms of the conversations we'd had where they're at in the process. Some even had contracts in front of them. We even had collected payment details uh, from some of these clients. So waving bye-bye to a massive re- residual income stream in a relatively new business is a big decision because it's very tempting sometimes to take that money. Uh, can make you yeah have more resources to, to expand and grow. But I had to take that view to the horizon and go, well, if I make these choices and these decisions, what happens to the business? What does it look like? And ultimately, the business needs to be able to run in the future without any intervention from myself and the queen, uh, Paula, my wife, because it needs to be able to go and run if we're taking time off. It needs to be under management. And it's very hard to do that if we make it complex. And in some ways, I was creating a business that would have a lot of dependency on myself. And there's a level of wanting to feel needed, wanted uh, in business sometimes. And one of the challenges of being a technician, so my favorite thing to do if I'm doing a task is to write copy. Love writing. I find that very creative. I feel like I'm adding a lot of value. I just enjoy the process. And naturally now there's 
AI and a whole bunch of other uh, tools out there that you now can help with this particular outcome. But having a business where that's the one content only, which is a content services agency where that's a primary outcome, being a heavy technician can often pull you into the business, which is which is a problem you have to iron out. It's like if you're a very if you're a doctor and you're building a medical practice, you're a doctor. So you're probably going to get tempted to get in there and see patients. Whereas I've got a friend, Scott Bretag, he's not a qualified doctor. He did have to have a business partner that was a a doctor as a, as a director, but he builds medical practices and he's not a doctor. So he can't get pulled into fulfillment and that side of the business. So he's forced to solve problems without getting on the tools. And that's something that I had to look at. So this is how scarcity can creep in and show up. And are you being broad with your business and your offers because you want to appeal to far too many people? And is that having an impact on the quality of your delivery? Is it cheating you out of joy and creating overwhelming situations? Is it putting you into a pocket where you're not getting paid as much because you're a jack of all trades? So you're not producing these radical, awesome outcomes that can command high prices because of the value exchange. And making these decisions to let go is tough. And we also realize that there's the potential for churn when you start to narrow down as well. So you might have to go backwards with with revenue uh, in order to go forward. So it's a big decision, but the freedom you get in your mind when you look to the future, the horizon, as I spoke about, is bliss. And when I look at the ease now of messaging, marketing, systemizing what we offer, systemizing how we sell, systemizing delivery, the quality control of outcomes, being able to not be key person dependent, we could easily train and have people step in to fill roles if there's a gap or hole in the organization. Moving out of scarcity into that abundance mindset uh, is, is a massive shift and it's going to make a, such a more enjoyable, profitable, better results, better fulfillment, quality business moving forward. So just sit on that for a moment and consider, okay, who are the clients or the customers that you get the biggest outcome for? And if you are on some level sitting in that scarcity mindset where you're trying to appeal to far too many people, if you remove that and just focus on those clients where you get the biggest results for, so they'll be the happiest, they'll refer the most and pay the most money, how does that change the business? Now, let's talk about scarcity on another level. There's obviously financial scarcity. And if you go to some of the earlier episodes, I talk about the ebbs and flows and some of my experiences with wiping myself out with some investment decisions, some terrible wealth creation strategies that were driven by ego, buying overseas and international properties, making terrible uh, purchases uh, of options and covered calls in, in the stock market and investing in biotechs really from a place of ego and uh, greed and being in positions where the, the certainty around where money's going to come from as a business owner uh, can be elusive at times and you're sitting there going, well, there's, there's not a huge amount of prospects on the horizon. There is no pipeline like there was um, earlier in, in my journey. Uh, there's not a lot of cash in the bank. In fact, there's a lot of people that are owed money like the ATO was one of those examples. That can be very taxing on your nervous system and almost overwhelming as well. Very hard, and I get it, if, you've, if you're in that situation, you've been through that situation, you know, it's very hard to be abundant when there's no certainty around money, which 
let's face it, in today's society, uh, it gives you the choices that makes the world go around. It helps get you shelter. It helps get you food on the table. It gives you choices. So when those choices are minimized and you're not sure how to solve that problem, uh, it can be very confronting. And in those moments, like I said, one of my strategies to, to deal with scarcity was alcohol. That would numb what I was going through, but it wouldn't solve the problem. And being able to shift out of scarcity to abundance for me is about looking to the future. A lot of scarcity is when you're focused on the now and the short term and feeling like it's all going to implode and be helpless and it almost seems impossible to get out of it. And when you narrow your focus to a very small time frame and window, that's probably what's going to happen if it's, it's, if it's a negative focus that, that you're having in your business. But if you push it out and understand that everything is temporary, including life, and you look to the horizon and go, with time, yes, this might be a period that we really have to work to get through. It's going to be tough. But on the horizon, 12 months, 5 years, 10 years down the track, if, if we stay on this path and we do the activities and, and the work that we know will compound, the, f- the future looks great. So I've got one word written in my office that I always look at, and it just says horizon. And what it, it's there to trigger me to look to, to the horizon. So if we're going through any short-term backward steps to go forwards in business, a bit like we've been doing with content only, we're prepared to move backwards with, with revenue uh, and eliminate a pipeline, even though we're still paying for the team and, and the resources in order to move forward. If I looked at the horizon, it's fantastic and it's a beautiful business. But if I was to focus on you know, the bank accounts or what we've traded in or given up, it's very easy to fall into a scarcity cycle uh, which is a you know, terrible way to go through a day. So what you want to do is start thinking about what is a compelling horizon. If you have strong standards, strong boundaries, strong beliefs, and you look abundantly to the horizon, what does that look like for you in a perfect world? If you do the things you know you need to do, if you're able to say no as a business owner to the things that will cause you to yeah, take on clients, take on business, uh, sell to people that aren't the best fit and put you in a fulfillment cycle or a chain that isn't highly scalable and draw you into op- operations. If you're able to say no to that and you look to the horizon, what does that compelling vision look like? And is it strong? And is it exciting to look at? Because this is how to navigate those periods of scarcity. And the reality is, I know from my own experience, scarcity will show up you know, most days in, in some form a level. It can just take a small issue to arise in, in one of the companies. Uh, it could be something like churn or something doesn't go to plan. You run a marketing campaign or do something and you don't get the outcomes that you're expecting and you immediately start to magnify the downward spiral of that outcome. But the truth is, again, if you've got those trigger words and you have that compelling vision, you understand that yeah, sometimes things don't work. Sometimes you're going to have periods in your business where it does feel like you're going backwards. There are lean moments but it's been able to shift the focus in those periods. So my next question for you is what are you saying yes to that you should say no to? This is a big one and I'm only really starting to understand the power of this this month and it's March, just first day of March, I should say, in February. It was And I started saying no to, we had a couple of people that wanted to move forward uh, with our services that had reached out directly and I had to say no. And that was an interesting experience. And in the past, I probably would have said yes, even though I intuitively 
would have known not not to do it, but I wanted to appease people, make people happy, feel loved, feel wanted, contribute to people's success and so forth, but not understanding, fully understanding the collateral and residual impact of, of consistently doing that and how it, it does diminish your business, it diminishes your life, it diminishes your joy and what's possible. So you'd know the scenarios where you're saying yes to something where you know you should say no. And then you regret the fact that you said yes to it and you have to go through and get the lesson. And this might happen several times like it certainly has in my world. You learn a lesson enough times so it gets too painful that, that you choose not to learn that lesson one more time. Um, a bit like with some of the economic and financial things we've gone through in the past with 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 business and treating it like an ATM and so forth. You only learn that lesson enough times before you go, okay, we've got to have stewardship, we've got to have systems, we've got to have financial strategies. So myself and the Queen have uh, really worked together on this. It's like going, what do we want? We've got Bailey, we've got a household, we've got a family. We want to do this life together. How do we get an aligned vision for the future? So what does and what do we have to eliminate and say no to? Uh, in order to expand and accelerate the path. And it could be turning down and saying no, in your case, to a client, to a project, to some money, even though in a, t- in a lean time that can be very attractive and you want to do it and you feel like, hey, this is a ten. But again, it's only a Band-Aid. It doesn't fix the long-term problem. And then you may feel, if you do say yes, you may feel okay in that moment because you've you've got paid or whatever it is. But what's the energetic trade-off when you have to go and deliver on what it is that you've got paid for? You know, it wasn't fully aligned um, with what you want to do. And I've seen some of this behavior, not just obviously myself and in our own business, but some people that I you know, I work, look up to and, and are a lot further along. So I go, no, we're not, no one is fully immune to falling into these traps. And I'm watching as an observer um, some of the decisions been been made, and I go, wow, okay. So even someone that's playing the game in terms of results and outcomes, along much further along than I am, is still falling into some of these these traps at times and making these mistakes, which is uh, interesting. Which is, means you always have to be on guard because it's so easy. And I was actually listening to a Jimmy Carr of all people, comedian, um, British. And he said, how much do people pay you to sort of give up on your dreams or give up on whatever it is that you want to do or you know you should be doing? Because I, I feel like most people have a price. Like what's that somewhere someone said, like, a client that you should or a project that you shouldn't take on, it, there's just that much money in it that you go, you know what, I'm going to do it. But you do trade what you want to do. You do trade that vision, that happiness, the things that you actually want to do because of the financial weight uh, attached to that project or that offer on the table. So it's very interesting when you um, have these conversations and considerations. So I want you to do an audit on your life. Where is scarcity potentially showing up? It might not even be in your business. It might be in a relationship and there's this fear that they, they might leave you or go to someone else or there's not enough love or whatever it is. And that might be impacting your life and your energy which of course has a role and effect to your business where are you not maintaining the standards and boundaries in your business and the values that you created because you're making decisions from that place of scarcity um, because you don't want to say no uh, you, you, you want to, to take on the client or the project or whatever it is uh, and yeah, going through 
this in, in the last couple of months, it's really powerful when you reflect it because it actually helps you reestablish, rebuild the standards and boundaries. And we're all human. At times, we're probably going to, you know, not with our intentions are usually always good, but we, we're probably going to be flexible or um, lean on our boundaries or, or adjust our standards uh, when we make a decision but again it's about learning from that lesson quickly and not making that same mistake again so we're able to reset the boundaries reset the standards in the business create that compelling vision on the horizon now it's just a matter of maintaining those new standards and being very firm with those boundaries to make sure that the business does become what it can be and it is uh, serving the clients at that highest level it is repelling or not taking on the ones that aren't going to get the full experience of the results and it's it, it's really it can be really challenging but now that it's laid in foundation and it's very much in our consciousness it's much easier even as soon as yesterday there was an example where I had to flat out say no uh, to an opportunity to get paid and it felt really good because I knew even though we've gone backwards a few steps, as I said, with content only a few things, just that power to say no when maybe historically I might have said yes was a, a massive win and probably one of the biggest wins I've had in, in the last 12 months. So do you scarce the audit? Where is it showing up? Where is it affecting your decision making? Is it affecting your marketing, trying to appeal to many to too many people? Is it affecting your sales process because you're trying to sell to everyone and it's um, bringing on the clients or projects that you shouldn't? Is it affecting the results you're getting to, for your clients because if you stayed in your lane and didn't go outside that, you'd deliver much superior outcomes? Is it affecting how much you're charging because you're not willing to charge what you're worth? You're going down in price. Uh, because you want people to accept the offer or say yes, just consider where it's showing up and go, okay, if I wasn't living in a place of scarcity with that particular decision or process and I was in abundance, what would I do? And then you have your own solution. You can kind of coach yourself through it. But remember, if you look to the future and not in the now, the very short, narrow term, it's compelling and it'll pull you forward and you realize that everything's temporary and if it is a lull and if it is tough, it'll pass and you'll get through it. So create that compelling horizon, do a scarcity audit, where is it showing up in your world that you can challenge it, reframe it and have a different perspective because trust me, your life will be so much better, so much easier, it'll flow so much more, so much more profitable and you'll just have a much better experience going through the world if you're able to make these distinctions. So again, shout out to Garrett J. White for the first person to put the concept aggressively on my consciousness and I've been working with it ever since and I like to attack scarcity in a, in a nice way. When it's coming up, I like to not run away from it. I, I sort of challenge it and go, okay, why am I feeling this? I'm not going to run from these feelings. I want to unpack it, get to the root cause and then challenge that belief and then look at the horizon that's more compelling. So that's my process with it. So how can you uh, deal with scarcity to, to transition and live a life of abundance? So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I trust if you got this far that there was some value in it. If you're not following or subscribed to the show, please do that so you don't miss any future episodes and you can also work your way through the back catalog that we're building up and please review it if you like it. If you don't like it, maybe don't review it. <laughs> uh, if we get a five-star review, that would be much appreciated help more people find it. Uh, we've got some cool future episodes in the pipeline. We'll be bringing some more guests on in coming weeks. Again, we haven't done that for a while uh, while we've been working on a few other things in the background. So that's coming. Again, thank you so much for listening. And if you need to reach out, there's instructions or ways to find me in the show notes. Have a great week.